Yep. I said it before and I'll say it again. That scene, that last scene. What does it mean? I'm the dude, you know? Get the fuck out of here. No, I cannot. It's over. Go home. That final scene starts now. Hello, hello. We're back. Welcome to That Final Scene Podcast. My name is Sophie and I am joined with by Simon and Ben. I want I want I wanted to say I wanted to say I wanted to make a joke and say Ben again. Yes. Ben again. It's like Fred again. It's yeah. Ben again. It's like Fred ben again. again. Except my DJ uh, skills aren't as good as his. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ben, we we had another unrecorded podcast, you and I, yeah. uh, yesterday. Was- yeah, we were we were initially initially due to record on on Monday and um I arrived and we thought something terrible had happened to Simon. We were very worried about him because we texted him and he, we got no response and eventually we rang him and he was incredibly like aloof and nonchalant when he picked up the phone, which immediately signaled that Simon wasn't on his way here. <laughs> Why, what did that sound like? You were like, I, uh, I, you picked up the phone, you were like, hello. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Simon's at home. <laughs> I, mean, I instantly knew. I was like, yeah, Simon's not on the way here. Sorry. Um, and then we just had some, had a little bit of, a little bit of back and forth. And then, yeah, I, here I am back again, 24 hours later. Back again. Simon, I want you to kick us off with what you've been watching because we've been desperately wanting to hear Ooh. from you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was dreadfully hung over the other day. Go on. So Fantastic. I, Risky business. I dug deep. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Clue number one. Oh, lovely. I love it. A baddie with a hook for a hand. Uh, baddie for a hook. Uh, Happy Gilmore. Nope. Captain Hook. <sighs> Two protagonists. Wait, go- Why did I go Happy Gilmore? There's a guy with a hook around. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah the, the golf trainer, the golf yeah, pro. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love how happy Gilmore. Two protagonists. Yeah. Okay, so so two main characters. So yep. it's not like face-off or something, is it? Okay, 1993. Oh, you lost me. Okay. It's a bad, bad year for films. <laughs> uh, 1993, bad guy with a hook for a hand. You're going to get it in the next one. Um, There's a train crash that's cost a million dollars to film. And it was shot in one take. It's based. Uh, uh, on- uh, it's Harrison Ford's not in it, is he? Yeah. Uh, uh, I, the I didn't kill my wife one. Yeah. That one. Oh, uh, the fugitive. <laughs> that's I didn't it. kill my family. That one. Yeah, oh that's my it. God. Oh, thank. Oh God, that was painful at the end trying to get that out. I don't even think I've seen the film. <laughs> oh, the what? fugitive's amazing. I've seen, I've, seen par- I've seen parts of it because it was playing on TV like every other week when Your I was. Your target young, is but- Doctor Richard Kimball. Yeah. It's so good. Wait, it's I've got that. I've literally got that clip here for you because <laughs> what, I think the Richard Kimball one, the bit when Tommy Lee Jones takes over the investigation from the local useless sheriff. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, earlier on we were talking about tox- you mentioned toxic masculinity in regards to something else. This is like salubrious masculinity. Love it. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. What's the opposite of toxic masculinity? Love but that. like, but Tommy Lee just slides in and does this amazing speech. Listen up, ladies and gentlemen. Our fugitive has been on the run for 90 minutes. Average foot speed over uneven ground barring injury is four miles an hour. That gives us a radius of six miles. The leadership. What I want out of each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station. Residents, warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or dog house in that area. Checkpoints go up in 15 miles. <laughs> Your fugitive's oh, yeah. name is Dr. Richard Kimball. Oh, so good. Go get him. Go get him. 
This film gives, gives me heavy negotiator vibes. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it's like a replica. Well, I don't know which film came first. Probably I mean, Harrison Ford was doing a lot of films similar at that time, I feel like. Because he's done that speech in every film that I like from that era, like in uh, Under Siege. Mm. Yeah. He literally does that speech, but he's a baddie in Under Siege, obviously. Yeah. Tommy Lee, I mean, what has Tommy Lee Jones done recently? Last yeah. film I remember him. Oh, wait. I, I did see him somewhere. I want to see The Burial with oh, yeah. uh, Jamie Foxx. Maybe. It was an Amazon Prime film. And maybe mm-hmm. I'm making it up, but I have a feeling I saw him in this sort of like TV film. The Fugitive is just so good. There's a brilliant storyline in Scrubs as well. I assume you both watched Scrubs, did you? A little bit. A little bit. There's a great storyline in Scrubs. where the, So the janitor in Scrubs, oh, the yeah. actor who plays the janitor, is in The Fugitive. And there's a bit where he's on a train and he like shouts and he's like, Kimball! And he stops him. And there's a whole episode of Scrubs where like, I think they're watching The Fugitive and they're like, hang on, is that, is that the janitor? Is the janitor <laughs> in The Fugitive? And they're trying to work out if like, they keep asking him, they're trying to work out if it's him from The Fugitive. Yeah, that's a really important scene in The Fugitive because at the end, towards the end, Richard's got into the court, you know, he's, I can't remember, he's in a courthouse or something. He's behind yeah, the security yeah, yeah. and he's running down a flight of stairs. And Tommy Lee Jones looks over the banister and just goes, Richard, and he just stops. And then he knows it's him. Oh, God. Yeah. It's such a good movie. I haven't watched that so long. That's a great hangover And another film. thing I know about that film is that a lot of the scenes were ad-libbed in the moment. Mm. Like, apparently a lot of Tommy Lee Jones' sections. Really? Yeah. And you can feel it. Like, a lot of the, the actors would get together before each scene and be like, I want to tweak this, I want to change that. Mm. And it just has this flow to it that I think is just really satisfying. I think 90s was very much like that. Really? Yeah, I think there was a lot of ad-libbing involved because it was in the era of like stand-up comedy also being on the rise and I Mm. think people were um, winging it a bit more. Well, well now you rarely hear that anymore. Yeah, yeah, I think I've I've heard recently from a couple of actors that you would almost expect it like Jason Bateman does Mm. that well, which is like so predictable because you can't actually quote-unquote like act, even though he can, but like, you know, he needs a bit of help. But I feel like, Actors are very much, you know, following, you know, the script these days. Yeah. It's got a very 90s compliant oh, happy yeah. ending. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's and then very there's satisfying. a second one, isn't there? There's a, is there a second one? Right I haven't seen it. I don't want to see it. Yeah, it doesn't need a second it's fine one. As it, is. It's based, it was based on an old 70s TV series, wasn't mm. it? Mm. I think. I, I, I kind of categorize that along with like heat and stuff like that. Like good, yeah. like yeah. 90s. You know, there's a lot, like there's a lot of movies that are the same, but just ever so slightly different. Like you yeah. know, Point Break is like the younger guys doing it. The Fugitive is like Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford doing it. That's just oh, it's the genre stuff, of man. a film that has a courtroom scene. You know, it's that, yeah, <laughs> it's that kind of uh, genre. With a few yeah. good men, yeah, you good man, yeah, yeah. It's got a very polarized good and bad in it. Harrison yeah. Ford running in suits. You know? yeah, yeah, basic instinct, like it's very much in the Hasn't he got a tre- he's got a tremendous beard in it at one point as well, at, at a certain point. He, 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 well, he, they start the film off with a beard, I presume, so he can shave it off to yeah. get out, get I, in disguise. He looks, he looks great. Yeah. Oh, God, that, that beard suits that man. He's just so reassuringly solid. <laughs> That's a great word for Harrison Ford. He is never, he's never going to win an Oscar. He was never going to win an Oscar, but like he's so... Was he ever nominated for one? I wonder. Must have been. He must have been nominated but for, for what? something. Like, like, you, like, but, uh, then you, but then you go through his filmography, it's like he hasn't done Oscar winning Raiders films. Raiders of the Lost Ark or something. I don't know. Yeah, he Stretch. might have gotten one for like an original indie film or something. Maybe. Never got it. Wouldn't have gotten anything for Star Wars. But again, even in Star Wars, he's just like, he's like such a safe pair of hands. Like, you know, you're going to get good like... Like effortless, effortlessly cool. 
My other, my other um, hangover guilty pleasure is Patriot Games. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, Fusion and Patriot Games are very, like, yeah. they're very similar films. It was of an era, wasn't it? Yeah. They, like, even they look the same. Like, they look like they're filmed in the same. Like, it looks like, all like the same DOP and stuff. Okay, so he was nominated once for a film that I've heard of, but I haven't seen. It's an 80s film, 1986, and it's called Witness. Do you think it was the one where, like, they do a stutter to try and get an Oscar or something? Oh, my God. Do a disability. <laughs> Dis- do a disability! What, like, Straight in. M- most of Daniel Day-Lewis's <laughs> Oscar nominations? Uh, second film, I can do clues again. This is a bit rude. Yeah, I love, some, I love these okay. clues. Um, clue number one, grave shagging. Oh, Saltburn? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what my clue number two is? Bath drinking. Drinking jizz water. Yeah. <sighs> and then number three is, it doesn't touch the talent of Mr. Ripley. Here so, ends my review. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, what is your general review of Saltburn then? It's it's quite over the top. Because I still haven't watched it from start to finish. I've str- seen bits of it. But I struggle I with films that have like bangers, song bangers in them. It just it's very mm. cheesy and like almost like an easy win. Like, I feel like all that film is being known for now is the Sophie Ellis Baxter track. Yeah, I mean, it has it has bang bang like pop culture, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, it's songs got pop throughout. Culture, yeah. Pop culture bang a bit. It's quite for, bangy. Yeah, mm. I, I see, I see, I see. I, it does take me out of the film, but I think for most people, actually, it is a win because I have heard that soundtrack is a major win for that film. But I've heard it from like you know, like more casual moviegoers. So I'm guessing. Mm. Yeah, it does attract that broad appeal audience because of that. But I'm with yeah. you. Yeah, I feel like I'm in the minority. I just didn't like that film. I didn't enjoy it. Made more sense as an ITV late night drama or like a BBC mm. naughty drama or something. As a it, film, it felt. Yeah, it yeah, also built. It also builds on the trend of tax the rich and like we hate the rich and act and yeah. like it's very much in that sort of genre. And I feel like this is what the point that's what I was trying to. Almost. Parasite, yeah. Like, um, what's the other one? Is it the UK's answer to Parasite? <laughs> I mean, I mean Bong White Lotus, Lotus Succession, and it has very much know, that think, kind of like. I think you're reaching a bit with that. I don't. No, no, no. But as in, like, but that's the point, right? Because it's it? that person that comes from. Yeah, yeah. But like, isn't it because of society's obsession and with what it's like to be rich? Like, for example, the way yeah, we no, worship no. the Kardashians. Oh, exactly. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the point I'm, na- I'm making. Like, the main character was clearly like had other I don't want to like spoil the film for those who haven't seen it and Ben as well but that wasn't his point but Mm. I feel like it uses the vehicle of like fuck the rich as a way to you know make it as popular as it actually and I was but hang on the the guy that's infiltrating the rich family yeah he's from a quite a rich family so it's not even like he's anti-rich well, but he hates himself he has you know severe self-hatred you go you end up in his house I don't care. Oh, but the people, yeah, spoilers oh. for people who haven't seen oh, okay. it because it's a new film. Yeah, okay. yeah, go on. Yeah, no, go It's ahead. not that new. I mean, it's been on Prime for quite, it's been on Prime Yeah, since but Christmas. I get why people have it in their watch list still. Well. well it's we fair should... to give spoiler warnings. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the, the guy who's doing the talented Mr. Ripley role. Brady Keown. Yeah, he's from a well-off family. So yeah, it doesn't compare with the wealth that the other family has, but no. yeah, like upper middle class, yeah. So I wouldn't say it didn't have, for me, it didn't have that angle. It was just like, he was a nutter. I, d- I didn't know why he was doing it, actually. I don't know what but he was. But he was going after that life because it was very much the life that he despised and also hated and also loved at the same time. Yeah, maybe I missed the point. It was, and to be fair, it wasn't about that, but I think it very much addressed that, and not like an 
an ordinary family. He didn't go out to destroy like an ordinary, like yeah. poor family. He went after them because status. they had so much privilege and sta- status that he wanted all of that just to basically give a big F you. How to. does it compare to Promising a Woman? I, I like Promising Young Woman a lot better because mm. I think it had a very strong worldview and like a feminist point of view. With this mm. one, I go, and I don't know, Simon, if you felt the same, I, I felt like it was very nihilistic and very bleak. As in like, mm. I, I don't actually get the the morality of it. I don't get what the director was trying to say, with, even with the final scene. It's Saltburn. Yeah, yeah, I think it was just quite shallow. I don't think it was yeah, saying exactly. very much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it didn't connect with me. Well, Promising a Woman, like it has... It had more of yeah, an argument. Okay, I, yeah, I agree. I didn't feel it had much of a message, which is a shame because I did like, uh, what's your name? Um, Emerald Fennell. Yeah, I like yeah, I like her in interviews. I think she's interesting, but mm. yeah. Okay, good review. Yeah, a couple, I mean, I, went, I don't have to keep going on, but I've watched yeah. quite a few. I've watched The Old Oak with uh, the Ken oh, Loach yeah, film. yeah, the depressing one. It was a bit depressing. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite linear. It's quite predictable. Right, okay. It's about this... Uh, pub landlord that owns a and runs a pub in a sort of deprived forgotten about region in the north of england it was next mining town the people are kind of forgotten by the government and these immigrants are shipped in and there's a lot of jealousy and it's just about how the town reacts to this new influx of people that are being looked after by the british state when they feel like they've been forgotten so it's quite it's quite interesting but it's it's made in a very ken loach way where it's very on the nose it's a very linear story. There's no cleverness. It's just, mm. here's the story, largely told by unprofessional actors. This is the the owner of the pub at its sort of lowest ebb, like talking about what's going on. Try and get some new funding. There must yeah. be cash somewhere. Well, yeah, aye, and there's, there's local churches, there's local business, local shops. We can get there. How many times have we heard that over the years, though, eh? Whether it's a strike, this fucking pub. The village, I mean, half the country's fucking rotten. But Laura, you know what is getting there? It's hate, lies, corruption. Is this the one that he's just been nominated for? A, did he, was that nominated for a BAFTA, that one? The Old Oak? Is, that, is this the new one, the new Ken Lodge? Yeah. Was it? yeah. I, think I think it might be his last one as well. I think that was up for a BAFTA on the weekend. Like if it's the yeah. last one he'll ever make. I could see that. I yeah. do I do want to do a deep dive in his filmography. I feel like I don't mm. know much about him, his work. I, Daniel Blake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say Cares is yeah. one of his, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yes, it's, 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 a good, it's a film that's got quite shonky acting in. <laughs> but the whole thing is held up by the injustice of what's going on. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's a bit like, I don't know if you guys saw the drama on the post office horizon scandal in I the UK. I couldn't bring myself to watch it. It sounded too depressing. Yeah, it's a bit like that where it's a sort of shonkily acted thing, but because mm. the subject matter is so in, unjust, you're yeah. drawn into the story. So it's a bit like that for me. Ben? Yeah, I've been kind of watching like lots of random shit recently. So I started watching Masters of the Air on oh, yeah. Apple TV, which... I'm actually, I kind of enjoying it. I know you'd said before, like, it's, is there like a, a bit of Austin Butler fatigue? I haven't really got that yet because I haven't watched him in much. Like, I, I didn't want, I did I still haven't seen Elvis. Um, so I haven't really, haven't really gotten that yet. But it's like, it's good. Like, it's really good. Like, big ensemble, like, big set pieces. It looks really, like, it looks amazing. And it's just like, if you liked, like the easiest review to give it is if you liked Band of Brothers, you mm. will very much you'll enjoy it. Like it, I think it's better than that other one that they did, the Pacific one that they did about ten years ago, because there was another kind of oh, Band of yeah. Brothers esque one from mm. about ten years ago. I would say it's better than that, 
I'm getting Barry Keown fatigue myself. Yeah, um, I get that. He's in a lot. I think he's your yeah. most mentioned actor after the guy, the other, other Irish actor that you like to talk about. Killian Murphy? No, the, the other one in, um, oh, what's the, the Civil War film? Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, he's he, good old he Brendan. He doesn't mention him. I don't think I've mentioned much. Brendan that much. And that's that's a shame because he's a yeah. fantastic actor as well. Well, um, speaking of Barry, though, I mean, just a side note. Did you see he was cast to play, I'm not sure he was actually going to play, but he's going to be in a film about Saddam Hussein's final he's days. He's playing, yeah, he's playing a soldier in it, isn't uh, he? Yeah, he's playing some soldier. So it's like, I think oh, like that's another happy him. film for Barry. Yeah. <laughs> For us all, and for him to do his his kind of slightly shunky American accent. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, Masters of the Air is good. Slow Horses season three, amazing. If you haven't watched nice. Slow Horses, I would urge you to watch it. It is incredible television. It's like, and it's it's like it's short. It's six episode seasons. There's three seasons. Like after the first episode of every season. You, like you will just want to binge watch the whole thing. Like the first season, I think we watched in just two days because mm-hmm. we were like, this is so good. And season three, we were trying to like limit ourselves to not watch it as quickly. And we watched <laughs> it in three days again oh, because <laughs> Gary Alban's amazing in it. It's like, it's this really good like cast of like British actors. And it's just, it's so well written. It's like really good spy drama, it, but it's funny as well. Um, And yeah, oh God, I, can't, I don't want to give anything away about it because like just go and watch it but it is absolutely incredible like I'm it's it's, to it. it's the best i've seen of gary oldman in a long time because he is so disp- he's awful like you would just disp- like the minute you see his character you're like i know you're going to be an arsehole mm. and a dreadful human being but mm-hmm. you still kind of love him for that for that mm-hmm. exact reason and stuff and there's like there's really endearing qualities to him and there's a brilliant mick there's a brilliant mick jagger song as the as the theme song as well and i always appreciate good Maybe. theme tune to a show and then I just ended up watching some really fucking random movies. I watched Terminator Salvation recently because it's on Netflix. That was hard work. Which is the the infamous one where Christian Bale did his big rant on the set. And then I watched Dune as well. Dune. Dune in anticipation of the second one coming out, um, which is getting, incre- everyone's saying it's absolutely amazing. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that. I liked the first one and I'd be interested to know what you think, Simon, and if you're going to see the second one as well. The first one feels like a means to an end like i don't think once the second one is out i don't i think i'll appreciate the first one more because i think it very much just feels like we have to get all this out of the way to set up this next film that is going to be like huge set pieces and even bigger cast you know i think dune one will be better when i can see the second one i can like watch it in context i don't know what you think i didn't really connect with dune one that much i didn't wasn't really rooting for anyone by the end of it i wasn't yeah no, you're not. It was. It took the, only the final third. It started to pick up for me. I think the last yeah, time when we is, chatted about yeah. it, I was like, some of the dialogue is basically a bit yeah. James, James Camerony, like Transformers. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, yeah. just which is why the stay. second one is to have a payoff. Yeah, uh, which apparently, it, I mean, it sounds like it does. Like yeah. I think a lot I'm really of the, excited about Butler's character. I mean, he looks menacing. Yeah, I mean, he looks menacing in the. In the yeah, trailer. and Christopher Walken's in it, which yeah, is such which a is ra- such a random one. Yeah. The cast is. Like I, I think we should do the ending. Way. We should do the final scene. Yeah, isn't it out in March? Uh, first, uh, next, first next, March. next yeah, Friday. So yeah, so maybe it could be like because I know that'd be a good IMAX because you watched the IMAX, didn't you? The first yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd like to do the I'd same like as you. IMAX. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we should book yesterday. Yeah, booking it, booking a showing. But yeah, I enjoyed the first one. I'm still not on the Timothy Chalamet train. I think he's yeah, good. I don't think he's, I don't think he is like his character in Dune 
the messiah that will that will save Hollywood. But um, yeah, it's yeah, he's very likable. But I haven't seen well, I have seen him in a couple of films where he's good, like a beautiful boy. He's good, and Call Me by Your Name. He's quite good. But oh, that's amazing. Yeah, but you know, like Wong, I've heard um, pretty mixed reviews on his performance, yeah. and even like maybe he wasn't the right person for the role yeah maybe yeah as i said yeah i haven't really watched much that i'm just watching a lot of gilmore girls at the minute oh my god listen i don't blame you it's it did it's fucking great television sometimes Good you Lord. need sometimes you need that sort of tv to like yeah. you know Zone out, turn relax, off turn off yeah you know? exactly I get it. And some some good old cameos. And I was saying to Sophie yesterday, like there's, there's very young John Hamm in there yeah. wearing a suit that's <laughs> clearly not been tailored to him and is way too big. <laughs> he's like, he's grown into, he grows into his Don Draper suit, obviously, that he got in Gilmore Girls. But We're going to bring him up in our discussion very yeah. shortly about um, actors and actresses that need new agents. Um, what about you, Sophie? Very quick, um, two shout outs. First one. I mean, it's a BBC show, so I don't know if our international listeners can actually see it somewhere, but I love Time, the show Time. Time. So it's <laughs> it's technically a movie because it's three, like it's three, like it's two, it's two seasons, three episodes each. So you could see it like easily mm. in one evening. First season, it's with Son Bean and Stephen Graham. And oh, second season yeah, with yeah. Jodie Whittaker and like prison drama, Bella Ramsey. Yes, prison drama. But it's not like prison break, prison drama. So it's not like glamorizing mm. prison or like, hey, we need to escape sort of thing. It's the reason it connects with me is that obviously I'm not from here and it, it, it's very much rooted in systemic and institutional British problems and British crimes and mm. like the reason people end up in prison, like for the dumbest thing. So the the case that stood out to me was Whitaker's character, she ends up in prison. She's a single mom of two and she ends up in prison because she fiddled with the electricals to pay less because she couldn't afford her bills. And she ends up in prison and she ends up like losing her kids. So like things that are very prominent and like discussed in the UK, which like wouldn't like make sense for even a country like Greece, but I learned a lot and the performances mm. are amazing. Son Bean finally like gets some, you know, like great role to work with. <laughs> Sheen Bean. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, he was amazing. Um, so yeah, well recommend, well recommend. And you know, it does have a I resolution. First, yeah. I remember the first season coming out and people kind of raving about it. I think it was amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Both were really good. So yeah. And the prison guard side of things. And, you know, I don't think we see the prison guard perspective ever. And that's Stephen, uh, Graham. Stephen Graham. Yeah. So yeah. Recommend. And yeah, I did mention Ironclaw. On Instagram, it's the best film I've seen in years. Um, best film, like, according to me. I'm not saying, like, it's objectively the best film, but <laughs> it connected massively with me. Mm. Um, I watched it with Michael. Mike, it was the first time that I almost saw Michael cry, and Michael doesn't cry. He doesn't cry. Like, it just, and I was, like, almost shocked by how he, how quiet he was after the film. Like, he really, like retrospect like yeah it was just a phenomenal experience so for the i don't know if you've heard of iron close so basically it's about the it's a true story i would call it inseparable bond between all of the von eric brothers um and if you haven't heard of the von eric brothers they're basically from the 1980s huge characters in the wrestling world um and the film which is by son durkin who i'm love um he did The Nest and 
what was the other film uh, with Elizabeth Olsen, um, Marcy May Marlene. Martha Marcy Martha May Marlene. Mar- I love that film. I love that film. Yeah, so it's from the same director who plays, I mean, his thing is family dynamics. I mean, that's what he explores in every film. So the film is very much about the the brothers and how they were treated by their father who also used to be a wrestler, but he wasn't a great one or like an amazing one. And he projected a lot of that failure onto his kids. And then the mother is a, I mean, phenomenal like figure in the family about like, she wasn't present. She was like a massive Christian and like she saw a lot of the abuse and she didn't say anything. Mm. It's a very sad and tragic film, but at the same time, it's not like going back to Solberg, it's not bleak. It has a lot of tender and loving moments because it shows how the brothers like cater for each other, like under that sort of abuse and pressure of both the industry and their father. And the only thing I'm going to say, because I don't want to spoil anything, is that the actual film, I'm sorry, the actual story is so sad that the director had to remove some of the actual happenings. Oh my God. To make it less sad because his argument was, if I actually told the real story, it wouldn't be believable. Like, it, it, like it's so sad and tragic what happened that it wouldn't like make any sense. And I, th- I thought that was a very smart and bold uh, move from the director. Um, so he basically combined some of that story with something else. So yeah, very much recommend. Um, Zac Efron is back. Speaking of people that need new agents, I thought he was great. I know like Ben, you heard from someone that he wasn't as good, but I thought he was, it's a very physical performance and I think he did a great job. And I continue to be in awe of Jeremy Allen White. I think he's fantastic. Um, also, the Bear and Shameless for people who haven't. I mean, you can't have not heard of Jeremy I think Allen he's, White. He's kind of everywhere now, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, but I still find like new, yeah, aspects of him in if you his don't acting. Know, he, he's basically the guy who looks like who looks like young Gene Wilder. Yes, and who 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 probably when they were casting Wonka, With they the should abs. have just cast him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in it because he he is the spitting image of Gene Wilder. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, so that's the, yeah, that's the movie recommendation. So nice. I urge you all to watch it. Yo, pick up the phone. What's up? What's up? We just got a ping from the burner phone. There's a significant amount of explosive in the trash receptacle next to Cool. Okay. A couple of things we wanted to discuss today. So first of all, we did get a voice note from a fan of the podcast and listener called Andres. We would have loved to play the voice note, but unfortunately there is um, a creaking sound. Um, Maybe it's like some sort of mic fiddling. Not sure what happened there. So we're not going to play the podcast, but I know Andres addressed Ben uh, in particular. Call me out. (laughs) No, no. He addressed you for, um, because you didn't connect with poor things as yeah. much as me and Simon did. So do you want to summarize the voice note? Yeah, first? it was re- it was a really nice voice note to get actually. It was quite it was like it was a very very thoughtful one. So <clears throat> I guess to summarize and I and I Andres, I hope I'm doing justice here in 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 kind of condensing what you said. But basically he made the point that poor things is initially ba- is 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 based off a book or at least Yorgos Lanthimos is kind of <clears throat> you know the name and 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 some of the stories based off a book. It's originally set the book is set in Scotland, set in Glasgow. And, it, and the book itself is kind of a metaphor for <clears throat> this change in government that was happening at the time of Scotland that it was written and 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 the it's a meta it's the metaphor of and, and the kind of comparison between the old and the new and and how these two things kind of compare so you know you know Bella's new 
way of seeing the world. And I think Andres was kind of saying that he he read the book in school and had studied it and and was kind of let down the right word. I don't know, like uh, uh, didn't didn't connect with it as much as he did the book and didn't feel like it did the book as uh, kind of good enough justice. And I see where he's coming from. I understand. I understand what he's coming, where he's saying, and it's it's hard to say for me having not read the book. But I, I guess the, the 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 take that I would give on that is that it's unfair to look at the film as an adaptation. Yeah. Because from what Andres, from what you what you said, I'm addressing you directly now. Andres, <laughs> from what you said, it doesn't feel like the film is trying to be a direct adaptation. It's using that story as a vessel for something else. So I think it's kind of unfair to compare it and actually setting it away from Scotland. And even though, <clears throat> and I think Yorgos Lanthimos maybe said this, I think mm-hmm. you said this, Sophie, that he said it in an interview that it's the reason why occasionally um, Willem Dafoe sound like, sounds like he's Scottish, even though his accent kind of slips from yeah, almost like a tribute. one place yeah. to, one to another is to, to give that kind of connection back to Scotland. But the way I see it, and I, and Sophie and I chatted about this yesterday in the, in the, in the unheard <laughs> podcast. Um, but the way I would say it is it's more so like, you know, the way people say that like Shakespeare has been used as different stories and you can watch a lot of films and be like, oh, well, like if you look at the bare bones of it, the story is Romeo and Juliet. It's just using that to tell another message. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to have to, how you have to look at it. It's not a direct adaptation of the book, but what it's doing is it's taking the characters and it's taking the name and and using the intellectual property to tell a different story rather than something like, you know, in the most basic form of it, The Lord of the Rings is a direct adaptation of Tolkien's books. Whereas this is more so, you know, trying to make a point using these characters, but, you know, and I think that's with the blessing of the, the author, which I think he mm-hmm. got, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's a fair thing to do. And I think it makes its own points in its own way. And I think they're two very different things, but it still uses that intellectual property. So, yeah, I guess that would be my thing, Andres, is mm-hmm. that I think it's unfair to call it an adaptation because it doesn't, or at least, you know, without reading the book, I can't comment t- too clearly, but, you know, the film itself doesn't feel like a direct adaptation. Mm-hmm. Almost um, like an influence, yeah. It's like using, yeah. The, yeah, using that original book as a vehicle to tell that yeah. feminist story, really, because mm. I think it has a completely different message. I don't think the novel is about feminism and like Bella's point of view and perspective. No. And I think, I think the Andres had said that maybe the, the book isn't told from her point of view yeah. either. So that she's a character in the book, but it's not necessarily told from her point of view. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, that's another thing to do is like, you can look at it in and say that actually the story, the story being told through her eyes is a different story and mm-hmm. it kind of can be used in a different way. So, yep. yeah. I mean, thank you for sending it in, Andres, and that's thank kind of you. What, what I thought about it. Just but, don't fiddle with your mic so much next time. Yeah, exactly, and we'll, we'll have you. We'll <laughs> yeah, have you please, yeah, feel free to respond. On the podcast. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for sure, and and I mean, I will try and seek out the book and try and try and, and, try and read it to educate myself a little bit more, because maybe maybe I'll have a greater appreciation for the film, you know, um, having having read the source material. It's always good to do your research. Amazing. Thank you, Andres. Um, cool. So moving on to our... Last quick segment for the episode. I We got this question from a listener. And yeah, they would love to hear our perspectives on this one. And I mean, as always, we wanted to include you um, in the you know, decision process because, I mean, this is a very long list. We asked people which actors or actresses need new agents. And this question came on the back of my posting about Ironclaw and they mentioned Zac Efron finally is having a bit of a moment, 
haha, and oh, by the way, it would be great if you asked that question and if you guys discussed which actors or actresses need new agents because Zac Efron is a bit of an interesting one because he doesn't really, like up until Iron Claw, I wouldn't say I would consider him like a serious actor. I mean, I, I know him from... The Neighbors and... High School Musical. High School Musical, which I think... I don't even know if I've seen that film properly. Or if Baywatch. Just, I've seen Baywatch. That, <laughs> the remake, I remember he's in that. He's in that movie where he plays Jeffrey Dahmer because there was that weird point about two years ago where for some reason people were obsessed with telling Jeffrey Dahmer's story. Oh, God. What was it? Had a, yes, you're right. Had a stupidly long title as well. Yes, very long title. One of those ones that's just like... I wouldn't go and see it purely yeah. because I can't say the name. It's that long. I almost, I almost want to see whether he's good in there or not. Um, but someone did make a good point about um, Zac Efron the other day because they were like, yeah, I wonder whether that what happened to him because apparently, I don't know if you've heard, he actually had um, had an accident and he had to do a lot of surgery. And even like his face looks quite different in Iron Claw where you would think, oh, he did like some sort of plastic surgery mm. and actually had to do because he went through an accident and he even like, he has said, yeah, like it's ha- it has taken a toll on me. And I wonder whether that was like a bit of a formative experience for him to just be like, yeah, I'm going to take a bit of a different route in terms of like the roles that I take. Because mm. these this past two roles have been quite a departure from the films that he's taken over the past 15, 10 years that he's active. So I hope you find a new agent, agent and if not, I am. I, I think there's definitely something in people who start as child actors that it's hard sure. to get out of that. You know, like mm-hmm. someone like Daniel Radcliffe probably has struggled with that as well, like post Harry Potter trying to make a name for himself yeah. other than being the guy who's Harry Potter because mm-hmm. child actors tend to get, just be known for that, you know? Like he's not a child actor, but like, and, and obviously, you know, his acting career was kind of curtailed a bit, but like, I only say this because he was at the Baptist, he's the night, Michael J. Fox, you know, mm. as a young man played mm-hmm. Marty McFly. And that's kind of it. Like he's like, he, you know, that's what he's known for. You know, um, I'm trying to think of like other examples of it, but it's with Tom Holland, someone that people brought up as well it's, as like a young man who's cast what ha- by the Russo brothers yeah. as Spider-Man and he's almost typecast as that now. But what do we think has happened? Because he's taking a few roles that haven't paid off. So he did Terry. That was supposed to be quite bad. That was a Russo Brothers one as well, wasn't it? Was it? I mean, yeah. I'm I not. Yeah, maybe. For, that was an yeah. Apple TV one. Um, then there was this other one, like a Netflix film that I don't remember that was fairly basic. Um, it's did, kind of forgettable. Did, um, oh, well, that was, I, I tried watching his Uncharted. The Uncharted, Uncharted movie. was quite bad, I've heard. I, couldn't get more than I'd say half an hour, 40 minutes into yeah. it and then I had to turn it off. It was just dull. For a movie that's supposed to be, yeah. and like if you've played the video games, it's basically like trying to be like modern day Indiana Jones. Yeah. And the games really succeed at that. Mm. Like they're incredible. The set pieces in them are amazing. The movie just falls on its face. Like mm. it's really boring. I'm quite torn on him on whether he's actually a good actor or whether he, you know, he hit a gold mine with Spider-Man and that role suited him. Or whether he's just someone who's, you know, let's be honest, quite young and he's trying to figure out himself as an actor and he's trying a bunch of different things, see what sticks. But Yeah, as I'm, you say, he's still quite young and he's like he's relatively early in his career. It's yeah. just that his career started so early, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I think I think he is a good actor. And I think he's I think he's an amazing Spider Man. Yeah. Um and it would be a shame if he is typecast as that. It's just I think it's it, it's it's one of those ones where 
again, not coming back to the child actor thing, but like, I think, I think when you are so known for something like that at such a young age, you then need to be really careful with the projects that you pick. And I think he's been fair play to him. I mean, he, he is making himself an action star. You know, like he's one of these people who like in a couple of years time, like if Tom Cruise needs someone to take over the Mission Impossible roles, he could go and do it. Or like, you know, in a couple, in like 10, 15 years time, he's somebody who'll probably be in the running for Bond. Yeah. You know, like he feels like that's the career he's forging for himself. And like fair play to him. He will be a multi, 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 multi-billionaire one, like more money than oh, <laughs> any yeah, of us ever will combined. And like, if he's happy doing that, I mean, amazing, fair play to him. Yeah, of course. Um, I think he could have had more of a Timothy Samale career, like because I think he's he's done some great choices in terms of what he's picked so far. Uh, mm. like, I feel like every single one of his films has been at least interesting, if not great. Um, the, I mean, the next one I want to move to, and I mean, probably you're gonna have thoughts, Ben, is Eva Green. Oh, like what happened? Mm. What's the Bernardo Bertolucci film that she's in? Uh, the, the Dreamers. The Dreamers. Oh my god, insane. An, an incredible film. Yeah, which one's the Dreamers? With, uh, it's about um, the Cultural Revolution in France oh, in the 60s. Yeah. 60s with Michael Pitt. Yeah. Also, what happened to him? But Eva Green, like, she, she did like. Yeah, someone made I say Eva. Do you say oh, Eva? Eva? I, I mean, say Eva Green. But oh, I don't Eva, know. Yeah, Eva. Eva Isn't she yeah. Ava? Ava it's, Green? It's with an e. Or Eva Green? Yeah, it's probably Eva Green. Probably Eva. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had said that, that pa- to whoever made the comment, they said past Casino Royale that she just, like. Yeah. Yeah, has made I some mean, really weird choices. She was in that like weird Tim Burton, Johnny Depp movie. She had a Tim Burton. She was, yeah, she was had in a couple that, of um, She was, yeah, she did some kind of like weird. Bella kind of, Green. Yeah, was that the. Yeah, Miss Peregrine's House for yeah. Unwanted Children. And now she's like in that, Three Musketeers or some oh, some bullshit film. Oh, like, God, they're not making another Three Musketeers. Oh, no, no. Film, yeah, and she's in it. Like, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, what happened to you, oh girl? My God, yeah. Like, it's almost like she one. gave up because she w- she was a great actress, like great mm. charisma, like great actress. Like, I don't know what what happened. But isn't she like she's like a writer as well? She's a composer. Oh, she? I think so. Yeah, she's one of these. Uh, maybe maybe, like maybe kind of this is just for her. It's just a side hustle. She's doing the, the real shit in the music yeah. industry or something. Oh, yeah. maybe you I guys, maybe. Yeah. Maybe she. Yeah. Maybe, maybe she's she, like, I'm not doing another film, and they just make her. Yeah. Do I Penny, want to give Penny all my Dreadful. time to Daft Punk. Yeah. yeah. Penny Dreadful was good for a while. That was a show she did. That was okay. Um, oh, yeah. That was the that was the Josh Hartnett. That was the yep. kind of the weird, yeah. like... Probably like a decade like, ago Like almost now. like Guillermo del Toro-esque yeah. TV show, wasn't it? And it was then good. they did a sequel to that, didn't they? In like LA or something. Did they? I think oh, so. Oh, I didn't catch up to that. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, a few more. John Travolta, Russell Crowe, Emma Watson, Jared Leto. Sam Worthington. That's I was, good... was going to mention a John Travolta film earlier because I watched Blowout, okay. which was a 1980s like thriller film that I thought he was quite good in. But then later I in life... I do think he's good, but I think I he think went John through Travolta's some personal stuff. John Travolta's a hard one to talk about because there's the Scientology stuff in the background. That's Scientology like... and also like personal tragedies. Yeah. and his son passed away yeah, or something like he that. Had yeah. A, yeah, he, yeah. But definitely he could have made more of an impact because I do think, you know, unlike Bruce Willis that I don't think is a great actor, I think he's just okay. He's mid-actor. But John Travolta had more of a range for me. Mm. I think it's hard to say Russell Crowe considering the guy's won an Oscar. And like, yeah, I don't like, necessarily think Russell Crowe's movies are that bad. Yeah, but what? But do you remember that horrible meme-like film that came out, was it a couple of years back, which was playing like a priest or something? A priest, uh, and he was so memed. Well, I know he played Noah from for Noah's Ark in like that weird kind of Bible action movie where he with was Emma Noah. Watson, right? Yeah, I think Watson. so. Um, 
Jared Leto strikes me as the kind of person who his agent won't tell him what to do. So mm. I wonder is that is some of his choices, e.g., Morbius. Yeah. Are they um <laughs> like are they his choices? Because he's also in stuff like Dallas Buyers Club where he's incredible. Yeah. I see. Uh, yeah, I, I mean think, for, for me yeah. any, any foray into films where they're wearing the underpants on the outside of their trousers and lycra outfits is like a bad yeah, so someone basically, a bad detour. Someone well, basically it, just said anybody cast in a Marvel movie after 2019. Yeah, right, right, but at the same time, I almost don't want to overthink their choice there because it's just like free money. Like, or like free money, like easy yeah, money. Yeah, but you could write them. any decision off to that. That doesn't really help us. But, well, yeah, but you could also make the argument of, you know, Kate Blanchett like did Thor, but she's consistently made great films. So that doesn't make her like a sellout. Because but I would like also a- say Kate Blanchett is in one of the few good Marvel movies of the last 10 years. Yeah, but even Michelle Pfeiffer, like I wouldn't consider like a sellout because she did that bad Wonder Woman. Like it's almost like forgettable. Like, yeah, people but forget- she also she did bad Wonder Woman and then she did bad Ant-Man. Oh, I did like that. Ant-Man. I think if you, I think, <laughs> uh, so put it this way, I think, and, and maybe, maybe you don't think I'm right. I think if you do one of the franchises, you do a Marvel movie, all up to you. Fair enough. If you go from Marvel to DC to then someone else, you're doing all the superhero genres and you're spanning yeah. all of them, then you're just a little but bit But maybe thirsty. she has a few kids to put through college. Like, I don't know. I'm not, like, however, uh, however you want to make your money. And Michelle like, Fiverr has, technically, because she, play, she also played Catwoman. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. However you want to make your money. I Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer, yeah. Pfeiffer. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. But like, I, I would say I judge the Tom Holland move more because he clearly made a shitload of money from Spider-Man. He didn't need Uncharted. Like, I think that's no. the kind of move that I'm like. No, and I, I mean, I will, and Simon, you and I, I'm sure, we'll, can go to war on this. I won't <laughs> judge people on the superhero movies as someone yeah. who loves who loves those films. Now, because I will say, and actually this is an interesting one because we've just had the Fantastic Four cast announced, which is Pedro Pascal, who currently Pedro Pascal can do no wrong. Yeah. Like, he, everything he is, has been in has been fantastic. Yeah. So, Will this be like Marvel's great? Is this Marvel's great, the great reset for them? You know, um, <clears throat> it's also got Joseph Quinn, who's in Stranger Things, who played Eddie in the last season of Stranger Things, who was amazing, and Evan Moss Bacharach from The Bear, who was amazing. And, um, oh god, what we were talking about this yesterday, and I forgot her name, but it's the one who's in, um, she's in The Crown and she's in uh, Napoleon. Oh dear, what's her name? Vanessa Kirby. You know, it's a really strong cast. And I don't think those people are selling out. I mean, they're going to make really great money off it. Of course they are. But also, you know, some of them are really cool projects as well. Like mm-hmm. it, it's quite a cool thing, especially if you ha- like if you're someone with like younger kids, you know, people like Pedro Pascal, like if he has kids or like nieces or nephews, they can't watch mm-hmm. The Last of Us because it's such a like a grown up program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they probably can watch him as Mr. Fantastic and as someone who could like helm the MCU for the next 10 years. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the other, I mean, the couple more that I want to call out, one, uh, Simon, you may have thoughts on this, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> He's needed <laughs> a new agent since the mid-late 2000s. Fair. But also- oh, I'd go back even further, I'd say. Maybe but also, back to like, Raw, but maybe. Back to- <laughs> Post Beverly Hills Cop 2, <laughs> probably. Yeah, it like, yeah. Back to the AIDS jokes. Back to the, oh, yeah. God. No, don't go back to those. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what happened there. I don't know his life story. Like, I don't know much about him and what has happened in the last 20 years. Because mm. he did take a he huge break. He kind of break. took a big break, didn't he? He kind of went away to focus on, like, his family and stuff. He's, he's, quite, he's quite a few kids, Eddie Murphy, I think. Oh, interesting. He's got quite a big family. Okay. 
Yeah. It is an interesting one because I'd love to know. And obviously um, we have a we have a guest coming on our next episode who's yes. an actor who you will have heard before mm-hmm. in Mr. Simon Haynes. Simon. Who I didn't even meet the last time. Yes, so I'm really excited to meet because I had fucking COVID the last time he was recording with him and I missed it. But like if he has any insight on a question like this into the conflict between an actor and an agent of like, you know, is Tom Holland actively going out and being like, I really want to do these roles. Like I really want to like, oh, I've heard they're casting for this. I want to be in it. Or alternatively, like, does he put him forward for something? He goes, I don't Mm want to fucking, I don't want to do this fucking film. Like, you know, what's that, what's that tension like? Mm -hmm. Because surely some of these people have had those conversations with their agents of like, really? You're really going to, like, you're really going to put me up for that? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, at this point, yeah, I don't know what John Hamm has to prove, but he's still in B-movies uh, most of the time, which I don't get. Um, maybe he just loves it. Maybe he yeah. does. Maybe, yeah, maybe maybe he's That's in the, I'd, yeah, someone whatever. Someone said Sean era. Bean as well. That's what I say about Sean Bean. Maybe Sean Bean loves the fact that he gets killed in every film. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I'm and sure like, he has been yeah, asked this. As, as an actor, Sean Bean is someone who I would say has like played some iconic characters. Like has been brilliant. Did you ever watch Sharp? No, I never watched Sharp, mm. unfortunately, but I've heard Sharp is good. That's where it's like, a, it's like a, like an old kind of 1800s like war thing. Yeah, something it's like, like Bulldark, that. that TV show as well. Ish. Do you know any duds that he's done? Because I'm not very familiar with his, uh, you know, career. I mean. Why is, why is this person calling him? He's, he's a fantastic Bond villain. In uh, in Goldeneye, he's very good. He's really he's good. brilliant as Bartomir. He's Less so consistent. Yeah, he's so just, good as Bartomir. Yeah. Like he's one of the best things about the Fellowship of the Ring. Mm. I think, and one of my favorite performances from him in the last couple of years, he's brilliant in The Martian as well. Mm. He's in The Martian as the mm-hmm. guy who runs the crew mm-hmm. and has all that conflict with Jeff Daniels' character. He's, he's great fantastic. In it. He's, he's so good. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. I think people know him for all his roles like the ones where he dies and the whole joke of he dies in every film. Mm. But stuff like that thing, time that you're talking about, I think he's great in the margin. Like it's the ones where he doesn't do that, that people kind of go, oh, it's almost as if they're going, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm an hour into this thing and Bean's not dead yet. Mm. I'm checking out. You know? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, as you were speaking, I thought of him and John Hamm because mm. I feel like the because they're obviously very well known, very talented, but I wonder whether the, choice to not be playing leading man i mean exceptions aside like madman and stuff mm. is probably conscious of them maybe they do not want that like they are in so many films but they're just always in the well no background the is the wrong word but they're they're playing supporting as opposed mm. to be leading material because sunbeam never established himself as like whatever like a great drama a leading, leading man. yeah leading mm. man and some people are just maybe naturally better at that like yeah you know are 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 you know, our parts of things that are greater than some of their parts really rather yeah. than being the person who leads it. And also like there's, yes. a, there's, there's something to be said for the fact that it is really difficult to lead a film as well to be the face of something, especially yeah. if it's like a franchise. Mm-hmm. Like Sophie and I spoke about this yesterday, but you look at how how fucking tired Killian Murphy looks now after that. Like mm-hmm. we're getting to the Oscars now. He'll ha- he won't have to promote Oppenheimer anymore. Mm-hmm. He looks tired because what comes along with being the star of that film is that you you have to be the face of absolutely everything. Yeah. And so someone like Sean Bean, who's like just on the periphery, yeah, I can do a bit of press, but I'm not going to have to be at everything. Yeah. I'm not going to have to fly from Tokyo to LA to New York to London to Paris to all these different premieres and all these different places in the space of like a week. 
know? And I heard a recent, uh, the recent um, Smartless episode with uh, Sam Rockwell where he, because he's very much like a supporting, you know, I mean, he had, he's had ex- exceptions like the moon. and He's one of the best actors of, the, of his generation. I oh, think, 1000%. But he was making the argument of, Actually, the supporting roles have usually more meat and they're more complicated than the leading actors and characters yeah. because they're more like vanilla, where they're like playing bad, playing good. Well, his character in Three Billboards is yeah. the most interesting character in it, but he's not yeah. the main character in the film. Yeah, exactly. But he's, he's probably the one that like, if you're an actor, you probably look yeah, at that, you read that part and you go, mm-hmm. I'd rather be that guy. Yeah. Cool. Simon, any final thoughts on this question? Well, I w- it made me think of, also, what you were just saying was is uh, Jeremy Renner, because yes, yeah. really good, but mainly one. because of my beloved Born, <laughs> Born trilogy, quadruple right or whatever, so. Born Legacy, right wasn't it? And I guess it's a tough, a tough gig because it's you know it, it was owned by somebody else, and then he had to take over. But that didn't work for me at all. Well, well that Jeremy Renner is an interesting one because around that time he was brought he, he was brought in and did that Born film, and he was also brought into the Mission Impossible franchise. Was. And it was almost like he was being lined up to take these things over. Mm-hmm. And the Bourne one didn't really do great. It's, I mean, it was almost like, like he was set up to fail. Like, I mean, mm. what a difficult task to yeah. come in to an already established situation and try and... And it, and also it was a film that was kind of universally agreed didn't need to be made. It was just mm. clearly yeah. to rinse cash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I, a, but a great film from that time with Jeremy Renner, um, Wind River with Elizabeth Olsen. Great mystery, understated film. And The Hurt Locker. The Hurt, Lock, the Hurt Locker is one of the film. best war films ever made. Mm. Incredible. And he's brilliant in The Hurt Locker as well. And like kind of secretly goes under the radar. But then has he done, like he's made, as you say, like agent-wise, he's made some weird choices. He did that weird like tag movie. Oh my God. That yeah. weird comedy movie. Isn't John years. Hamm in this one as well? Or... He probably was, yeah. <laughs> but didn't think, Jeremy go into the superhero? Yeah, he went in He went oh, in man. as kind of almost like, again, like a supporting cast in that. Like he played Hawkeye who... He got a he got a series out of it. They gave him a Disney Plus series, but like mainly throughout the movies, he is a supporting cast member. He's not like he's never the he's never the main guy. I think the thing is, sorry, Mr. Mm-hmm. I think the thing is, is that we are judge. We're we're trying to judge art here, but then a lot of the people are treating this as a business and it's mm-hmm. their livelihood, and they have completely yeah. different objectives. Yeah. So it's not really for us to say. I don't mm. think we just should just judge what gets made. And not worry too much about why. Because otherwise, if you can't separate the art from the artist, then where does where do we go with our sure, discourse? But you wouldn't want, I mean, with that argument, you're rendering agents um, useless and redundant. And I think they do, have a, a, they do have a role to play and guide the actors in a way that, I don't know, makes sense for them. I think, I think we're judging the agents more than the actors, actually. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's uh, trying to questioning the motivations of the actors or the agents. I think really helps the critique the art of it. Well, it's a, it's a different side of the business that I have heard that peaking. I mean, because I do think there's the art of it, but also there is a pre-production side of things where it's like a script drops on your plate. Yeah, there is a skill involved with assessing whether that's a film I want to be involved in, right? Before yeah. you actually sign the deal mm. and show up on set. And I'm not saying it's also the director's, like, obviously, fault, yeah. quote unquote, but it's it's a skill that you have to learn. And maybe because we talked about Tom Holland being so young, maybe that's a skill that you need to nurture and grow. Like, do I say yes to everything or do I Probab- say no? I think probably because yeah. there's so, 
many actors and so few films. Yeah. So yeah. of course you're going to be compromising left, right and center to get anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think we're talking about like films that are objectively quote unquote bad, like the tag movie, as opposed yeah. to like a bizarre. But even a film like that is in the absolute top tier, <laughs> like in terms of budget and stuff. Like sure, yeah. you're yeah, talking about seen by for most people. actors, yeah. that would be an absolute dream to be part yeah. of a production mm-hmm. like that. Sure. You'd yeah. Probably the top naught point something yeah. percent of But that's it. Acting is a profession. It's the top, top naught point naught one percent that are actually in these movies. Mm. There's mm. hundreds of thousands of actors around the world who are just yeah. working in like theater and working in low budget films and yeah. TV and stuff like that, that will never be the big break person, you know? So if someone says, do you want to come in this Marvel mega hero film? You're going to be like, yes, please. Yeah. I'm on, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, Lock it I'm in. on board. Yeah. I'm on board with that. Cool. Okay. Thank you everyone for sending over your answers. It was great. We will be back in a couple of weeks with, as Ben mentioned, a very special guest, Simon Haynes. And we're going to do Oscar predictions. Our task for the next couple of weeks is to watch as many Oscar nominated films as we can. I've briefed Simon as well. And you should as well, because there's going to be a lot of spoilers involved. And Simon, we want to hear your best Harrison Ford impression. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. I don't care. That's what we want, Simon. I'll let you know. Amazing. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure he's listening. That's so good. Oh. We, should, we should do an impression segment. That Classic would be so Kimball. funny. Yeah. Send, send in any impression requests. Oh, love, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or oh. send in your best movie impressions. Give us your, yeah. give us, give yeah. us a voice. In fact, we'll put you up toe to toe with Simon because apparently yeah. he's good at impressions. That's so funny. No pressure, Simon. Can't yeah. wait. Maybe we could make a quiz round out of it where people send in their impressions and Simon has to guess who they're trying to impersonate. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it could be good. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Love it. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye. Did you like it? Did you like that? Did I like it? I loved it. I, I had no idea you could milk a cat. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.